DJ PK brought to you in part by Jerry Signer Cadillac right now. You can get up to $6,000 in purchase allowance on the XT lineup. Experience the luxury you deserve by booking a test drive today. David Locke is going to join us momentarily here. We'll talk a little jazz basketball with him. The Utah Jazz picking up another win. They beat Atlanta, beat them by 21. Trey Young sat out. They were missing several guys, but he's obviously the biggest star they were missing. And the Jazz cruised to victory, PK. Now, you were talking yesterday about their ability to win. I guess that whole conversation between you and I would have gone differently had we known Trey Young was out. Yes. When you heard that, you thought, oh boy. Yes. <laughs> They're going to win this. Absolutely, yeah. But can we reset that that with Charlotte? What level of concern do you have going into the Charlotte game? I I have a little more just because it's back-to-back. There's less prep time and all that stuff. But they're they're playing nine guys so much that I I don't think the back-to-back is going to wear them out that much. We're still pretty early in the year. Yeah, well, I think, uh, was it Mitchell and Bogdanovich are the only guys who played 30 minutes? I think Bogey was right on, and Mitchell was 32, and Mitchell's a young pup, so he ought to be able to run for days. And it it wasn't like there were taxing minutes towards the end there they had that game in hand they did exactly what they needed to do you know I don't think anybody Clarkson had a nice game 23 points in in 25 minutes and we've come to expect that from him and he never seems to run out of energy and he really doesn't even really play big minutes so the rest of them should be fine as far as that goes I mean you never know from game to game Uh, Charlotte again is one of these teams that can be dangerous they've got some guys who could fill it up from time to time Hayward can have a huge game. I don't know if he still has a grudge against the Jazz. Uh, he never really seemed to want to be here, and he got what he wanted, and it didn't work out. So uh, now he's getting what he wants, uh, all sorts of money. I mean, the guy, is, this is what's wrong with the NBA as far as I'm concerned financially. He is just going to make hundreds of millions of dollars, and he's not a caliber player who deserves to make hundreds of millions of dollars. He's a good player, no doubt about it. Uh, but he's getting all, not all the shots, but he's getting as many shots as he could possibly handle and getting as much cash as he could possibly mm-hmm. want. So in that way, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer when it comes to that. Old Robin and the kids are never going to have to work a day in their lives if they don't want to because uh, they've got every financial uh, concern taken care of for the rest of their lives and good for them. It would be nice. I wouldn't know how it would be. None of us really would. Bars being on the floor, I mean, he's capable of going for 30, 35, 40. He's a decent player. I've always liked him as a player. Uh, the Jazz have more talent, uh, but on a given game, uh, who knows? So I think my my concern is probably the same with Trey Young, without Trey Young, than it, my concern dropped substantially. And, you know, back-to-back to an extent, traveling in a COVID world, who knows? Uh, with all that stuff going on. So, yeah, I share what you're saying. I expect they win. Charlotte, like Atlanta, 10-12 and 12 on the year. Uh, right. So, just kind of, you know, and, and the whole home, they're on the road, this road trip. And Charlotte's another one of these teams. They're 5-6 and six at home. They're 5-6 and six away. You take the fans out of the equation, and there just isn't much to talk about there. And the, the Jazz are better, and they're doing a good job against these teams. I think the thing that's looming out there is, you look at the standings, they have the best record. So, you know, are they a contender? And, well, if you've got one of the three best records in the league, three teams separated by half a game, you have to say they're a contender. But then you look over at the way the Lakers dismantled the Nuggets in the third quarter, and you think, what does it mean to be the second, third, fourth, fifth best team in the league? How big is that gap? And we can run that by David Locke right now, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us. 
His weekly interview brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning. That was terrifying. What was? The Lakers' second half. Oh, right. So that brings us to the question. We've had this uh, this uh, <clears throat> ongoing conversation slash debate. Are the Jazz a contender? Well, based on the record and the standings, you got to say yes. They're one of the top three in the league, and it's three teams separated by a half game. But there's this notion that the Lakers are in cruise control, that they've got another gear for the playoffs. And when they're down 12 to the Nuggets at halftime, and they outscore them 37-17 in the third quarter, and then they pummel them again in the fourth quarter, it's like, well, how close are the contenders to the defending champ? So the first thing we have to realize is that game swings when Jokic gets his fourth foul, goes out of the game, and then they Isaiah Harkenstein plays. And so the Jazz don't have that drop that Denver has in their lineups because the Jazz second team is pretty solid. Um, that would be the one difference. Otherwise, I thought the Lakers looked amazing. I mean, just that was as good a performance as anyone's had all season long that I've seen by any team in an important game. Um, they're mammoth. I mean, you drive by Anthony Davis, you run into Marcus Ola, you drive by Marcus Ola, you run into Anthony Davis. Like, they're mammoth. And then you got LeBron hovering. At, like, I don't know what position at six foot nine. So, and I thought Denver was really playing pretty well at that point. I mean, they were moving the ball, skipping. That was a beautiful basketball game. Um, and it did. It went from 10 one way to 10 the other in just a blink of an eye. And then Denver kind of knocked on the door and huffed and puffed for a minute, and they took it back to 13. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Um, I mean, t- even Taylor Horton Tucker looked really good. I-, I just thought the Lakers looked amazing, and they get stops with that defense. They they run out the backside with their length. LeBron's outlet passing is absurd. Uh, I they they were awesome in that performance. So, to your question of are the Jazz a contender? I guess you got to answer to me: what percentage of a chance do you win to win the title? are you to be a contender? I mean, I think we have a chance to play in the Western Conference Finals, so to me that's you're a contender. I actually think if you play in the Conference Semifinals, you're a contender. Um, You know, you're frankly one sprained ankle away from probably making the finals at that point. So I think you're a contender. So the Jazz are a contender. And as good as the Jazz have been, and they've been great, and I thought last night was, you know, against a really shorthanded team, but there were some impressive things the Jazz did last night. And they've been up, you know, mammoth amounts in every game. It's just not even close. Uh, But what I saw of the Lakers last night was different. Sure. I think if the Lakers are going to play at their best, then they're going to win it. It's just a question, can they play at their best in an individual thing? If you're playing them, it's four times, and then collectively it's 16 times. And so right. what, what can happen there? And I don't know about the second round. The Jazz made that second round with Hayward that one year against the Warriors, and I don't think they were contenders. They got worked but I think this is a much better team. And at their best, can they beat the Lakers? I don't think that it's outrageous. Now, if the Lakers are at their best, well, then it's going to be very difficult. You know, you look at some areas where the Lakers might be vulnerable. Uh, What do you think about rebounding? Because you look at, just looking at the box score, Denver has 16 offensive boards and the Lakers have only seven. You know, maybe there's something there. Yeah, I mean, Denver crashes really, really hard on the glass, and the game is going toward offensive rebounding. We saw that last night. Atlanta was crashing. I mean, the data does not show that offensive rebounding leads to transition problems. But we also saw, you know, last night we did see LeBron with multiple outlet passes when they when Denver was crashing that they then sent Anthony Davis or Montrezl Harrell on a streak. And they're just so big they can do that, right? Like, we can't send Rudy Gobert streaking out. Let's never get a rebound. Um, as good as Royce has been trying to battle, he's still six foot four. But the second guy on the Lakers is six eleven, and the third guy on the Lakers is six nine. 
the pure physical strength and athleticism and length of the Lakers and Clippers is concerning to me. Um, I just, even if you look at the way Atlanta play, I mean, we're really high, you know, we're going to talk about this for four months. This is a great compliment to the Jazz that they're so good that this is what you're worrying about. Um, you know, you watch what Atlanta did last night. That's the new script. Like, that's what we're going to see here for a while on how to play the Jazz. You just can't let us shoot threes. Um, the Jazz adapted throughout the night beautifully and had an incredible, what, they scored 65, 68 points in the second half. Um, but that's going to be the script where you hug to the shooters and you make Rudy Gobert and the guard play two-on-two. Well, you know, Atlanta was doing it with a six-foot-tall guard and a decrepit Rajon Rondo. What happens when it's a six-foot-nine Nicholas Batum and a seven-one Serge Ibaka guarding those two plays? You know, what happens when it's, you know, I don't think they would, you know, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who I guess is six-six, or I thought Kyle Kuzma's defense was amazing last night with a bunch of hustle plays. And it's, you know, Anthony Davis with a seven-footer hovering. Um, I just think that that's the concern that I have is that we're, we're going, that's what we're going to see is the Jazz are going to have to play two-on-two basketball, um, probably on an open side a lot of the time, and just the length of the Lakers and Clippers can evaporate a lot of that space. So the one thing with the Lakers is no matter how well you play, you still have to be able to make shots. You know, if you get a bunch of transition layups, you know, a lot of guys are obviously going to score well. But they had seven guys in double figures, and you can go through other box scores with them, and their nights they have like three guys in double figures because after LeBron and AD, sometimes guys really struggle. Can the Jazz defend them and keep them in a half court? I, I guess we find this out later this month, or at least we get our first peek at it. Yeah, I mean, I think the issue, the, the, the way the Jazz beat both these two teams is three-point shooting. This is this is why the way we're playing is so smart. Like, if we try to go, you know, this is the whole, like, you know, we're in a heavyweight fight, and we try to go sit in the middle of the ring and punch it out, we probably don't have what it takes. We're, we've got two six-one guards, and we're not the most athletic group in the world, and, you know, we, we, don't, we don't have what it takes. But if we can go dance around Sugar Ray Leonard to Roberto Duran or Sugar Ray Leonard to Thomas Hearns, old references, but boxing's dead, so that's the last reference I can come up with, um, then I think we have a chance. And so in regards specifically to the Lakers, the Lakers' problem is I think, and I don't know what they finished last night shooting from three, but I think they've shot below 33% in a, a, a lot, like 9, 10, 12, 13 games. I mean, just a huge amount of games they're shooting below 33% from three. Well, okay, well, if you're taking 24 threes and you're only making, you know, seven of them, or eight of them, and we're taking 45 threes and making 20 of them, or even 18 of them, then we win. The problem, I just don't, I think what we've seen last night from Atlanta, we saw it from New Orleans. Now, both times these two teams did this to the Jazz, by the way, the Jazz offensive rating going into the fourth quarter was a 120, which is astronomically high. League average is about 110. The Jazz sit at three or four in the league at 117. So 120 would be the best offense in, in the league. So it's not as though the jazz, this is stopping the Jazz. I just think that the Lakers and Clippers can execute this better, and so then that advantage might go away. But, I mean, we're going to have to see. I mean, it's we're still, you know, we've got a long way to go, and there's a lot of things that can happen. And But, again, I would say that this is just a great compliment to the Jazz that we're sitting here worrying about the Lakers and Clippers at this level. I didn't think the Jazz would be this close to the Lakers and Clippers level when the year started. Um, and I will say, until last night, I thought the Clippers were the best team in the West, but I don't after watching that. I was wondering as far as the Denver game, you know, it was a couple heavyweights. You could say that, you know, it was Lennox Lewis versus Jersey Joe Walcott there. Nice, nice, (laughs) nice. Good, 
Wow. Get, why don't you get the George Clooney reference in there? That'd be good. Wow. I just called up a thing. 50 greatest heavyweight boxers of all time. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome. You're totally awesome. <laughs> <laughs> to come up with a couple of uh, obscure references that I never. I mean, you couldn't have gone Rocky pull. Marciano. You didn't go Rocky Marciano. Uh, you didn't I go Max Schmeling. Or, yeah, I, mean, I thought yeah. Rocky. And on this list, Rocky Marciano's list number two, and obviously Muhammad Ali's number one. So no, I wanted to go a little more. Marciano obscure. never lost. How can you say anyone's better? I don't know what this list is. Sportsbible.com. You'd have to. That's my one, that's my one note of knowledge of history of boxing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, John L. Sullivan only ranked 11th. I thought he should have been. Oh, okay. that's a travesty. All right. <laughs> is there a question in all of this? Yeah, did no, Denver show not. anything no, against the Jazz? <laughs> anything there's against the Jazz question. that would concern you? You know, no, the Denver the game right actually, hook that Jack Johnson threw. Yeah, that's right. No, I mean, I actually think that the Denver game. You know, when you go into the ring with someone, you're always vulnerable <laughs> to, you know, the one sucker right. punch that, you know, puts the lights out, right? Like, that's the equivalent of what happened against Denver is that they had this unbelievable game. They they shot, you know, Jokic had 47 and was brilliant. He was really pedestrian last night um, with a triple-double, I think, but he was still pedestrian um, for him. And... Uh, you know, and they hit eight for eight for three in the first quarter and 15 to 17 in the first half, which no one's ever done in the game. So the, the Denver game actually reconfirms to me how good the jazz are that it took, you know, the one lucky punch to go get them. It didn't take it. There was no game plan. They weren't jab, jab, and then, you know, uppercut. They weren't working different parts of the ring. They just got one lucky punch. Your turn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously that reminds you of Buster Douglas with the roundhouse. There's no doubt about that. Buster Douglas is not on that list because he is the Denver Nuggets in that house. So that's a nice work by you. <laughs> so the Jazz and the Hornets tonight, is there any uh, any angle here? Any Or is this like the Jazz have to come out? They have to do what they do, be professional and all that, and uh, play the nameless, faceless opponent, give me another cliche, and knock them out. No, I mean, I think LaMelo Ball is creative in the ring. And um, they've got some – and they're really – they're, I think, number one or two in the league in transition possessions. So if we don't start sharply and we end up – you know, we we have had these kind of runs all year where, you know, we're – and I haven't checked the numbers recently. I'll have them updated for tonight. But where we're really, really, really good – off of misses. So, you know, we get a miss with the number one team in transition and, and we're getting out and we're getting our threes in that way. And then we saw last night that if you get in the half court, someone can take away our threes. We had taken double digit corner threes, I think in 12 of the last 13 games and really took two last night. We took four for the record, but took two Brantley and Oni took both late. So I don't, you know, I think that we've, we've got to, if we're going to get that game going, we've got to get out and run. The problem is if we don't, get the game going they get out and run and they're pretty good you know they get out and run like that's they're not great at in transition but that's their game and so that's where i think the jazz have to be pretty careful playing a back end of a back-to-back last night was a funky game you're probably not coming out of that game with a lot of rhythm to who you are and you're playing a charlotte team that does you know come and brings it at you pretty hard so i i think you could end up in a little trouble charlotte's won an inordinate amount of games 
for what their numbers are. Like they're 20th in the league offensively, about 22nd defensively. Their differentials minus two. They should be five or six teams below 500, and they're not. So I don't know whether that's that they've gotten lucky early in the season, um, or whether they, you know, or whether they just have something about them that's winning some games they, they you wouldn't suspect that they win. So I, I think this will be, you know, a tough tough game you're on a rest disadvantage which is always a big it's a far bigger issue than home road this year since i think road teams are winning as much as home teams and so that'll that's that's what you've got to look at is you've got to be sharp early offensively so that they can't run so do you have any concern because obviously this team is relying upon the three that they have any form of prolonged collective shooting slump no if they start shooting badly they should shoot more There's too much data. They're, they're, these guys are four or five years worth of 40% three-point shooters. Just keep shooting. It'll come back right. Like, Boyan's a good example. Right? Like, yeah. Boyan started the year. He's what, what's Boyan now, 41%? I will have to so, check yeah. that for you. I do not have that number at my fingertips. And I think he is. After last night, I think he's at 41. He's just climbed it back up. So, my theory on that is if we start the night two for 14, make sure you get up 50 so that you can get your sample size right. <laughs> they're so good they don't have to have a conscience just let it rip you're that good yeah I mean I, the only thing it would be is if you're not taking like if you're taking bad shots but like let's be honest about the atrocity that we watched last night there were 61 non-restricted area twos last night okay 61 of them by the two teams it was awful Atlanta shot like 50% they were better off shooting 18% from three on those shots. Excuse me, Atlanta shot like 0.57 points per shot. They shot like 28%, 29% on those shots. So you're better off shooting like 16% from three. The Jazz weren't very good either. They shot 41% on their non-restricted area twos last night. Well, that's 0.82 points per shot. 0.82 points divided by three comes out to, you know, if you shoot 30% on threes, you're far more efficient. So, yeah, just keep jacking it. Like, those are better shots than what we get otherwise. The the little floaters, Clarkson's is okay, and Conley's been at 50%, though it's dropping a little bit. And, but some of the other shots we keep taking are just, you know, when teams early, and, and we, do it, we don't do it throughout the game. Like, it, it's, the, it's, it's our group's instinct to go take those shots, and then the coaches kind of remind them that they're not very good shots, and it seems to me, and then we get away from it. That, that's what I see happening last night. How informative would it be for Jazz fans to have, and you can't really do it on radio because you can't see the shots, but on TV, to have a second feed where the only audio was a coach analyzing every single shot very simply. Good shot, bad shot. That'd be really Good shot, good shot, bad shot. Right. I mean, and it's really, that's such a, a difficult concept because the other thing that is relevant in there is Rudy Gobert takes a bunch of quote-unquote bad shots when you put them in just the caps of that possession. But Rudy Gobert also sprints the floor, sets 90 picks a night, and is allowed to take five or six bad shots a night. Like, that's what keeps him going. Now, I think Rudy, I, I think we're, we're going to cross into something here. Rudy's inability to score over someone, which is his, you know, kind of last step in development, is going to be a problem uh, here pretty soon. Uh, teams are just going to force him to do it. They're, they're going to hug the three-point shooter, and they're going to force him to defend. They're going to force him to score over people on non-dunks, and I, and he's going to have to. He's going to have to do it. 
Okay, so I would say, and I actually, we were talking about this at Channel 2 watching the game in the second half last night. I think Joe drove and then gave him the ball, and there's a defender between Rudy and the hoop. And if Joe keeps going to the hoop and throws it off the glass, maybe it goes in, and if it doesn't, does Rudy go get it and dunk it anyway? I honestly think there's a better chance of force a shot that you don't love because you might make it because you're 6'9 and you're so close to the hoop and you just put it high off the glass. It's a pretty big target. And if you miss it, does that guy block Rudy out anyway? I mean, guys, I mean Rudy, Rudy's offensive rebounding is leading to his dunks. The Jazz did something. The Jazz did two adjustments last night that are worth keeping an eye on if you want to be a little geeky on this. One is they started running the pick and roll on an empty side. So they moved, if they're going to hug the shooters, they moved all three shooters to the high left side. And Atlanta just stuck to all three shooters. It allowed for a two-on-two game, and they moved the pick-and-roll to the right side of the floor. So they were coming from an angle. And then that is how Conley got two of the dunks to Rudy. They, there was an angle change in what the Jazz were doing in pick-and-roll. So the, Jazz, you know, the coaching staff's brilliant and made some changes to be able to get Rudy those shots that he wasn't getting earlier. All right, David, we will let you go there. Do you have a Super Bowl pick or you don't care? You just uh, call the game, go home, break out the chips and the salsa, and uh, watch it. Um, I probably don't care, though this house still has not forgiven the New England Patriots for stealing a Super Bowl at the goal line, and so Tom Brady is hated. And so I think I probably, if I want to get dinner, will root for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but I uh, And Craig Bollerjack, you know, keep Craig happy. Yeah. Um, um, I would just... Like, how many times has the lesser of the two quarterbacks won? So Mahomes is the better quarterback in this point. Like, if you just go through the Super Bowl and you just go through it and take the better quarterback, don't you win almost every Super Bowl? Correct? Uh, not everyone, but every you, win, you, you win a high percentage. You get your point. I mean, Brady's yeah. lost three Super Bowls in which he, everyone would say he's the better quarterback. So he's 6-3 six and, six okay. and three in Super Bowls. So. And who'd he lose to? Eli Manning. So Twice. He's not, Twice to Manning and yeah. once to Nick Foles in Philadelphia. Yeah, so those would be exceptions to the rule. Yeah. yeah. So it's not a, that's not a foolproof system, obviously. Thank you, David. Okay, see you. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us every week here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.